When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Chakras and Cuss Words for another spooky tale to delight your fears. This story is about the ever so popular game board that has a devilish twist to it, also known as the Ouija board. The Ouija board is a board that brings the energy of mystics to the reality of us here. It is known for its inner clairvoyance of secrets, which allows the living to connect with the deceased. Where the Ouija board came from is quite unclear, but the haunting of finding paranormal activities has been a long journey for decades and centuries. Many people who currently walked the earth asked the ones before us for hidden gems or mysteries to be solved by seeing a resemblance from the other side known as the dark side the area of the spirit or soul what would take somebody to that path to seek guidance from an energy so dark and mystical before we get into how this deviant game became a household favorite we must first talk about the history of the Ouija and how it became not only a frightening tool or toy but also a legend in its own right the Ouija board comes with some dark history and some energy that feels just a little bit deviant it is known as a spirit board, a talking board. It's fascinating and somewhat mysterious in history. The areas of deviation and communication with the spirits. It is a popular tool in the realm of the supernatural. But let's be honest, this board has been a long time waiting. Before there was a Ouija board, people would use ghost box spirit boxes or even mirrors or ask their questions through tables the energy of speaking through us to a spirit doesn't necessarily need to be done with a board but making a board is just making it a little bit more convenient early spiritualism often thought that this was a way to create a concept of communication of connecting with loved ones spirits that have roots in the area of movement 
helping to gain access to what is known as the question, what happens when I am no longer here on this earth? What happens to the soul in the next journey? It gained popularity in the 19th century during the time that mediums and spiritualists and some would even say psychics tend to woo the audience with their mystical and fascinated areas of contact, the area of gaining knowledge from the deceased field so enlightened it almost felt a bit sinister. A lot of people prosecuted the ones who sought out the Ouija board. Before we know of the Ouija board, we knew of other tools, like I said before. Deviation and clairvoyance has nothing to do with a board. Most of the time it could be found in areas of just accepting the energy. But the talking board fascinated the locals and fascinated the people around it, especially with the heart-shaped planchettes that almost felt a little bit more tingly as the energy moved through the fingertips of those asking the questions. These were often the sequence of spells and rituals messages from the spiritual world to gain knowledge of what could be next, what could be out there, or who will be with us in our present state. The creation of the Ouija board is known as a modern day tool or even game that many of us play on a spooky night or before Halloween or maybe on the day that we are to seeking to make a good fright with our friends and loved ones. It is also known as the time that we make everything feel a little bit more darker, mysterious. The board was found in 1890 believed to be created by Elijah Bound and Charles Kennard and William H. A. Malpin, patented as the Planchetti writing device. The board's name, Ouija, is believed to have been derived from a combination of the French and German words for yes, oi, and ja. The patient claimed that the toy or game was to be sought out for for nothing but fun. The patent believed to be a mystical journey of finding a new energy to place towards a good old time. The commercial production was brought to us by the Kennard Novelty Company founded by Charles Kennard who began manufacturing the Ouija board for commercial use. Of course, it's nothing but a little bit of spooky fun. The board was marked as a parlor game or a tool for seeking answers to questions rather than a solely for a spiritual purpose. It's all child's play when we think about it. How could something so innocent and fun be so devilishly 
good. The success and popularity was undeniable. The board quickly gained its notoriety, and particularly during the 19th and early 20th centuries. It was widely marketed and became a common household item in American households. Who would know such a sinister secret would make its way in good old-fashioned USA. The connection of spiritualism, while the board was introduced as a game, many people used it as a means of communicating with the spirits, the ones on the other side. It was often used as a sequence of spiritual realms of questions. The controversy and spectism of the dark Ouija board only sparked more controversy as conspiracies began to grow as if this was actually real or was the hands of the board being guided through the subconscious thoughts of the users rather than supernatural forces. There is a cultural impact of what this board has brought to many people. Let's be honest, it was the first game of the dark side. Many people see the Ouija board almost as a popular cult classic. While they may hesitate to play with a game we all know of, it and we all somewhat love it. People who actually decide to play a little bit with it and gain some mystical fun almost feel certain that they know it was just a little bit of self-movement all behind. The guessing game of young teenage girls at a sleepover of if they made the board move or not seemed to bring almost a mystique to endower the innocence of what this board actually could embrace. There was an area of literature and films that highlighted the board and made it even a little bit more popular. The area of horror and scariness of what could really be the mystical energy that moved the fingertips of the planchette. But who will really know unless you take the guess and move the board or break out of the area of feeling the fear? Modern use today, the Ouija board is still used by the entrance and interest of people who are seeking a little bit of a frightful time. It is often seen as a paranormal experiment. What is it? Who is there? And how can we play with this magical board? Many who seek the entertainment often remain fascinated and debate if there was actual movement from the supernatural or the paranormal properties. But let's just say it's all a little bit of fun and kids play behind the board. Before I get to tell you the story of the four young girls who went missing after their night with the Ouija board, I must tell you this. Those who have played with the Ouija board 
it is certain that there is an undeniable connection behind the fingertips. The mind cannot move the arms unless we know it. But yet somehow the movement of the planchette happens so effortlessly. So before you decide to play with a Ouija board, see this story as a little bit of a warning and caution before you bring that board out of the box. The beginning of the story is quite simple. It was a stormy night in a small town of Connecticut. There was four young girls innocently awaiting for a night in terror. They had nothing prepared for what was coming for them. The way the story unravels is quite mystical. There was a charming, beautiful young woman, young lady might I add, named Sarah. It was her senior year. She was gorgeous, popular. She just moved to this small town and was seeking to find friends. While she's been invested in meeting new groups, hanging with new social circles, her energy of becoming part of this community seemed to grow bigger and bigger. Her eyes were filled with hope that finally she would find someone and somebody who would understand her. For Sarah didn't come for the money come from money like many of the children and young adults from this small town did. This was a farming town, a town that had a lot of past history, a lot of energy towards wealth and business. Sarah's father was a struggling toy maker who made toys and designed them. He was intelligent he invested a lot of time in his craft. Sarah's mother was a nurse who worked graveyard. Her family, as far as she could remember, has always been quite having a struggle. If it wasn't for money, it was definitely for hope and faith. No matter what happened, everything always seemed to have an obstacle. Sarah's father was quite lucky for he just received a new job, which resulted in the moving to the small town to create a new area of income for him. This job was not something that he was used to, however. Though he was used to creating toys that were centered in a more traditional part, like dolls, manufacturing railroads, and even had his hand in a few of the new video games, he wouldn't necessarily consider himself a technical wizard. However, he landed this area where he was able to connect with a high profitable techno technical company who was seeking somebody to create a game for them. What kind of game, you might ask? a mystical game, a paranormal activity type of game, a game that most people 
would decline on when given the proposal. But Sarah's father knew that tough times were hitting them and he couldn't turn down this opportunity. So he moved the family out to Connecticut to pick up the pieces from where he left off. He had a deep, dark secret of a gambling habit, which the family did not know of. So he knew that his money was ever going so quickly. As he moved to Connecticut and got more acquainted with his new job, it became quite apparent that this company had a little bit of sinistry behind it. He understood that there were areas of corporations that were held by people who you might say were at a bigger collaboration or caliber than him, but this almost felt like an energy of eliteness. It felt a little bit dark and sinister, as he noticed when he was instructed of his new position. He realized that the game that he had to create was almost a online Ouija board. It sounded quite obscure, and it almost felt like it couldn't be done. Sarah's father was a Christian man, even though he had his sins. He decided that he would put against everything he knew and ignore what he knew was right. There was a power in him to create some type of success and be able to pay off the loan sharks that were after him. He didn't want his wife to leave him. He didn't want his daughter to know the fact that his family and love for his relationship was barely hanging on a string. His wife was everly so mad at him. Why were they always struggling? She didn't understand the secrets he had. He decided he would create the Ouija board, an electronic version where young kiddos could plug it into their game box or PS3, and it would be the most ultimate supernatural experience they ever had. Of course, he would entwine some areas of AI and everything that seemed a little bit new and upcoming, though he wasn't necessarily as you could say, the most tech savvy, he decided to devote his time to it. But if he was going to create a Ouija board, he had to find a Ouija board to resemble. He went to the local toy shop and as you can guess, there was no Ouija board. He decided to look online, eBay. Hmm, here's one, he thought. Well, it sure does look like a piece of crap. Ah, I guess I'll order it. The Ouija board came in about three days. He got it. He opened it up. There it was, an old Ouija board. He thought to himself, shit, how old is this thing? He put it in his briefcase, nestled down where nobody could see. He carried it with him to his next day to work. As he was in the office, he pulled it out. He looked at it, examined it. The letters were faded. He said, hmm, as he put his fingertips on the planchette. Hmm, I better not. 
he put it away. So I'll use it when I get home and study it some more. I'm going to make the best damn video game Ouija board they've ever seen. He knew his life was counting on it. That night, eager to get back to his project, eager to get back at his next set of glory, he put the Ouija board down in a bag over on the table. Sarah, his daughter, walked in the door. Hi, Dad, she said. Sarah was a beautiful girl. She was very smart and intelligent. She was eager to find friends. Tonight, she had two girls with her, both as beautiful, both as innocent, and both eager to learn more of what this life had for them. They all smiled. Hello, sir. Hi. Hello, girls. What are you guys doing? It was Halloween night, and conveniently, this Halloween fell on a Saturday. Sarah said, Dad, there's a party, and um, we were actually going to go. <laughs> the dad laughed. Oh, Halloween party. That sounds, that sounds fun. Yeah, you guys have a good time. Dad, can we borrow the car? Well, Mr. West took a breath in. Borrow the car? Well, Sarah, you know you just got your license less than eight months ago. I can drive, Dad. It will be fine. Let me borrow the car. As she smiled and begged, he could see that the other girls were hoping for a yes as well. Okay, you could borrow the car, he said. But you know you have to be home by 12 curfew. Yes, Dad, I know. Sarah smiled at her friends. She said, Dad, this is Lucy. Lucy said, hi, sir. And this is my friend, Marana. Hello. Where are you guys going tonight, might I ask? Yeah, my friend Melissa's having a Halloween party. We're so excited. I haven't been to a Halloween party since... I don't know, Sarah replied. Well, you girls have fun and be safe. Okay, we're going to get ready. Eager to go to the Halloween party, the young girls rushed up the stairs. Sarah decided to dress as a witchy, witchy, witchy witch. And she looked the part. Marana was going as a kitten. And she looked the part. And Miss Lucy was going as a devil. And she looked the part. As the girls got ready, Mr. West poured himself another drink of whiskey. He decided to drink one more drink before he started to work on his project. But his eyes felt so heavy. And he just felt a little bit more tired. He thought to himself, I'm just going to sit here for a second. He put his cup down and he sat in his recliner. 
felt good to just sit there, not have to worry, not have to worry about work. Before he knew it, the whiskey had kicked in and his eyes got heavy. The girls rushed down. Sarah looked. She goes, Dad? Dad? (laughs) He let out a snore. (laughs) She giggled. Well, I guess he's tired, she said. She looked over at the bag on the table. What's this? Marana says, I don't know. What is it? Maybe it's his whiskey. (laughs) They giggled. They looked in there and they saw the Ouija board. Sarah said, oh shit, it's a Ouija board. Oh my God. Marana and Lucy's eyes got big. Why would your dad have a Ouija board? Sarah goes, I don't know. Maybe he's working on something for work. You know, he works for the local toy company. Marana says, he works for the toy company down the street? She goes, yeah, that's who gave him the job. Marana said, oh, (laughs) my dad's your dad's boss. With a smirk. Sarah looked, oh, wow, your dad works there? No, he owns it, Marana said. Marana came from money. She never had to worry. She never had to think about what tomorrow would bring. Her life was quite comfortable. She always had everything she needed And in fact, she barely needed anything. Her mother was at her beck and call, making sure Marana always had the most stylish, high-priced clothes. She was known for her beauty. She had long blonde hair and beautiful lips. In comparisons to Sarah, Sarah felt very minute compared to her. She had orangey hair and it was cut short from her big softball days but Sarah always gave in a little extra help back before they moved and they lived in Arizona Sarah actually would help the family a lot and actually helped her father a lot in his past career as a local toy smith but now Sarah had to move to Connecticut, which was not her choice. And there was something eerie about Marana and Lucy's connection. Lucy, the dark-haired vixen that many of us knew as somebody who was Marana's right-hand man, as you would say, she was always there for Marana. While she didn't come from as much money as Marana did, she didn't really have the suffers or the obstacles. Both her parents were pretty well invested in the real estate game, but Marana's family had money everywhere. Her family had money and stocks in just about the whole damn town. If there was a local business, it was bought out from the family. In fact, Marana's family had more enemies than they had friends, many from bad business deals 
or areas of Ponzi schemes. It was quite apparent that her father was a little bit corrupt, and to get to the top, he would do just about anything. In the center of the table, they looked again at the board in the bag. The girl smiled, and they grabbed it as they grabbed the keys to Sarah's old, beat-up dad's Buick. They hit the road running, as one might say, eager and so much light in their eyes, so excited to have a good time. They were picturing the party in their eyes. It was going through their minds, the dancing, the fun. Oh, they couldn't wait. They pulled up to the road. It was a stormy night, but they didn't care. They were so blessed to be out of the house. They pulled up to Melissa's house, the girl who was throwing the party. But something was weird about Melissa's house. It was so dark, creepy, and gloomy. The rain kept pouring as they parked the car. Sarah said, are you sure this is it? Marana said, it's it. God, she lives in a fucking shack. (laughs) Her and Lucy laugh. Sarah goes, it's not that bad. Oh, fuck. This party's going to be a fucking bust. I can already tell. Is anybody even there, Marana said? I I don't know. It's pretty... It's pretty quiet, Sarah said. Lucy said, I don't know why we're even here. Text Jake. See if he wants us to meet him somewhere. Or I could text Steve. Ugh. There's no cell service. Well, let's go in and I'm sure we can connect to her Wi-Fi, Sarah said. This party looks horrible. It doesn't even look like anybody's there, Marana said. Well, come on, let's go, Marana. Sarah was getting a bit frustrated. Let's face it. The unity that Marana and Lucy had was undeniable. Sarah almost felt like a third wheel every time they hung out. These three were the three musketeers, as one might say, but Sarah was still the odd man out. Sarah said, come on, let's go, guys. Let's just try to have fun. (sighs) Whatever, Marana replied. They all got out the car and headed towards Melissa's front door. As they walked up the dimmy, creepy, cold, watery steps, Marana said, I don't even think anybody's home. They knocked on the door. Melissa came, shh. What is going on? I thought you were having a party, Sarah whispered. Oh my God, I, my dad made me cancel it. And my mom, did you guys get my texts? No. When did you send a text? I sent it this morning at like 9 a.m. How did you guys miss it? Marana goes, I didn't get a text. Did you text me? Are you in the group chat? Melissa replied, there's no way in hell you are putting me in a group chat. 
No, I left that conversation. Melissa's eyes rolled. <laughs> Lucy giggled. Well, how would you expect to get the text then? <sighs> My dad made me cancel the party. Uh, you won't believe what happened. I snuck out last night. <laughs> Sarah said, who did you sneak out with? <laughs> I snuck out with Robert. The girls all got giddy. Robert was the captain of the football team, and he was quite dreamy. <laughs> Marana said, you're such a slut. <laughs> And she giggled. Well, we need to connect to your Wi-Fi so we could text Jake. Melissa said, I can't let you in the house. My parents are upstairs. They're watching Criminal Minds. And uh, if my dad hears you, he's going to fucking freak. He is so pissed at me. Well, what are we supposed to do? Marana said, there's no fucking service out here. Okay, let's go to the basement. There's a side entrance around the corner. As Sarah looked, she said, It's so dark and wet. It will be fine, Melissa said. It's just around the corner. I'll, I'll, I'll go out there and we could connect to the Wi-Fi and then you could text whoever you guys need to and figure out what you're doing. Marana said, I guess. Lucy goes, we have a Ouija board. What? Melissa said, yeah, let's get it. Oh, Lucy went to the car to grab the Ouija board. Melissa said, you know what? I'm going to sneak some beers out of my dad's fridge. The girls, up to devious trouble, all managed to get their hands on some beers candles and flashlights and they were headed to the basement of course with the Ouija board in hand they get down to the basement and they all felt a little bit eerie it was a cold gloomy and dark night and where Melissa lived was out in the woods very remote there was an old creek behind her house that almost made it a little bit more echoey and creaky. It had an eerie sense to it. Her house felt like a bunch of heavy bricks and concrete that was slammed together. It had a taste of adventure and almost spookiness to it. It felt like they were eager for some new excitement, and this was almost the perfect place for it. Among Sarah, her new best friends were a little bit more skeptical, except for Marana. They get down to the basement, and Marana said, Geez, it's so cold in here. And Sarah looked at her and said, Well, maybe if you weren't dressed like such a slut, you would He's so cold. Marana said, look at you, as the girls had their skimpy gear on. Melissa looked and she said, oh, we could sit by the table right there. There was a table in the middle of the basement. Melissa turned on the lights. Oh, yeah. Let's light some candles, she said. 
the candles were lit. They pulled the Ouija board out and the first thing they noticed was how weathered and torn and beat up it looked. The letters and numbers were barely visible. The planchette was heart-shaped piece of wood and it rested firmly on the board surface. Marana touched it. It's wood. I thought these were plastic. This thing looks old. As Lucy picked it up, she said, It looks like an antique or something. Ooh, it's probably haunted. <laughs> they all giggled. I don't know. These things are supposed to have some spookiness to them. Like, they say that you're just asking the board questions? No, you dipshit, said Marana to Lucy. It's not the board you're asking. It's the spirits. <laughs> Marana always had that little evil twist in her. Something about her, she knew she was invincible. It's... Mm, creepy, Sarah said. Why does my dad have this? Mm, she thought. Who cares? They cracked open their beers and took a big swig. Let's play, ladies, said Marana. They all sat in their seats in their new found area of hidden glory. The four looked at the board and said, Hmm, should we? Marana smiled. Of course we should. We don't have nothing else to do. As she was waiting for Jake to text her back. She was lucky to have gotten cell phone service, considering the Wi-Fi was a little bit sketch, as some might say. But they were eager to communicate with the spirits or the board. As they placed their hands on the planchette, the room began to grow a little bit colder. It was a nestle, freezing feeling that almost felt like a sharp intention of daggers. Something sleeked through the air as they felt their fingertips and they heard a loud groan coming from the creek. Marana looked at Melissa and said, your house is so fucking scary. Melissa said, oh, calm down. My dad's down here all the time. This is where he plays bo poker with his friends. We'll be fine. Uh, Marana said. They began to ask simple questions as Lucy started with her voice trembling with fear. She said, hi, <laughs> um, this is Lucy. Um, is anyone there? <laughs> she felt a little bit uneasy as the board began to move. <laughs> Sarah said, I, I feel like it's moving on its own. Lucy said, I know. Marana said, shh, be quiet. It began to spell something. I... A, oh, 
as they felt their fingertips tingle with fright. M H E R Marana said, I am here. Uh, <laughs> they all giggled. Did you move it? I didn't move it. Did you move it? I didn't move it. Did did you move it? I didn't move it. They never said who moved it. Oh, 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 I think it was you, Lucy. It was you. Okay, okay, shh. Quiet, quiet, Marana said. Sarah said, I want to go next. I want to go next. I want to go next. Okay. They all took out a big sigh. Sarah began to ask her question. She looked around the room, almost asking the energy, the spirit for permission before she asked. But she thought to herself, I need to know. I need to know. They all got quiet. Sarah said, Is my dad okay? Lucy looked. (laughs) Sarah goes, shut up. He's been acting funny, she said. The board began to move. It went to no. They all got quiet. Sarah said, I want to ask it one more question. Is it about your dad? Marana said. Who asked a question like that? I feel like I need to ask. He's been under a lot of stress, and since we moved, it's just been a little bit crazy, as you would think. I guess, Marana said. Sarah said, what's wrong with him? The board began to spell out the word gambling. Oh shit, Marana said. Your father's a gambler? No wonder you guys are so fucking broke all the time. Hey, Sarah said, you have no right to say that. Marana said, well, it's true. You guys had to move here just so he could get a job. Marana was such a bitch, Sarah thought. (sighs) Okay, it's my turn, Melissa said. You guys are just being mean. As she took a swig of the beer before she put her fingers back on. Am I going to pass geometry? Oh my God. God, Marana said. The board began to move. Yes. (laughs) They giggled. Who asked a question like that? Am I going to pass geometry? What the hell, Marana said. Lucy rolled her eyes. Marana said, it's my turn. (laughs) As the friends began to glance at each other, 
they exchange a nervous energy, convinced that one must be playing a trick on each other, but none of them have ever admitted to moving the planchette. As they continued, the spirit claimed to be a young girl who had died in the basement many years ago. Melissa's face grimmed in terror. Ew, Marana said, when did you guys move here? Um, Melissa said, I moved here when I was like 10? I don't think it's haunted. Marana rolled her eyes. It's fucking creepy. You're going to tell me it's creepy. This place is probably haunted. Marana said, what happened to you? They all got quiet. The spirit's response set a strong, cold shiver down their spines. I was taken by the darkness, the board read. Sarah's heart dropped. Sarah began to felt a growing sense, something for bodying her, taking away anything that once felt innocent about this game. Her spectimism was fading, and she replaced it by growing the belief that something was going to happen. Sarah goes, I, th- I think we should stop, guys. This is getting a little bit out of hand. Marana said, shut up. Let's play. It's your dad who brought this fucking board harm. <laughs> Let's play. <laughs> Marana laughed. We need to find out what happened to her, Marana said. It's only right. Melissa said, I don't even think this is real. It's real, Marana said. She said, who took you? began to hear whispers. Girls, girls, girls. The whispers were getting louder and ghostly-like footsteps began to echo, groaning. It was quite apparent it was not the creek. The noises were all around them. The friends frantically tried to relight the candles. The light turned out. As Melissa was hitting the switch, nothing. She ran to the door, but the door was completely stuck. It felt like it could not open. Something was holding it back. She began to bang on the door. Let me out, let me out, let me out, Melissa said. Call my dad, let me call my dad, he'll open the door. As she opened her cell phone, she noticed 
the service was gone. It seemed like a force wanted them to remain in the basement. It was almost pitch black. The only thing left was the flashlights, which were flickering. Marana said, just calm down, everybody calm down. Suddenly, Sarah felt a cold, calmy hand close around her wrist. It began to go so tight. She screamed as loud as she could. It was a piercing scream, and her friends rushed to her side. What is wrong, Sarah? Something just grabbed me, she said. Look, her wrist looked burned with a handprint. Oh my God, something is here. Something is here, Lucy said. Oh my God, oh my God, oh no. Sarah said, we have to get out of here. Bang on the windows, break them, break them. They tried to break them, but something was holding them into the basement. A darkness around the basement floor, an energy. It just began to get colder and darker. With trembling voices, they began to chant, Just go away, just go away, just go away. As they looked down at the board, the board began to move while neither of them were touching it. Oh my God, oh my God, Sarah said, Look, look. As the four of them all looked, it began to spell goodbye. What? What? And then it went to bye over and over again. Bye, 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 goodbye, bye, bye. As the whispers grew, the room felt silent and the candles flickered back to life. Oh my God. We have to get out of here. We have to get out of here. Look at your wrist. Something happened to you, Lucy said. Marana, ever so quiet. It's a hand-shaped bruise. It looks like a burn. Look at it, Marana. Look, Lucy said, holding Sarah's wrist. Melissa, crowing with fear, crying. Okay, let's go to the door. Grab our phones, grab our phones. We'll just try to text everybody and hopefully the service will come back on. The planchette stopped moving, but it began even a little bit more eerie and creepy. It was a forsaken evil in that basement. The stormy nights, the house covered in woods. It reminded them of a horror film. Marana said, we have to try to get out of here. As Lucy began to flicker at the door handle, it was quite obvious it was not turning. The dimly lit, old, weathered, down, torn house, the air hung heavy with a sense of death. Lucy began to notice every cobweb that was draped in the corners as the flickering flashlights, their only single hope, as the candles began to flick on and off. The bulb was not turning back on as the lights were completely shadowed. 
and the cracked walls began to grow even more. In the center of the room, the old wooden table with the Ouija board began to even get a little bit more eerie as the young girls noticed the Ouija board was lifting. It was lifting on its own, moving side by side. Lucy's eyes filled with curiosity and vulnerability. She closed them. I don't want it to see me. She began to cry. It sees me. It sees me. Lucy, it's okay. As Marana tried to comfort her friends, she knew there was something evil growing amongst that basement. Her heart raced. Her breath began to quicken, and she realized she no longer had control. Marana said, You need to leave us alone, with her most dominant and firm voice. Leave us alone, she said, as she walked over to the Ouija board and grabbed it. You leave us alone, and she threw the board to the corner. It is almost like something had taken hold of her. The exchanged worries from the other three were breathless. She said, what do you want from us? You are not taking us. With her firm, deviant voice, it was quite astonishing how assertive and aggressive Marana was. Like I said, she almost felt invincible. The board, now on the ground, began to lift again. Marana said, I'm going to fucking destroy you. She began to walk towards the board, deep in the corner of the shadow. The basement grew colder. The lights began to flicker and flicker and flicker. Sarah said, Marana, don't. Don't go by there. As Marana began to walk further away from the others. Sarah said, Marana, come back. The walls seemed to be closing in. There was a malevolent energy that surged the room. It felt frozen and chilled. The friends were paralyzed in fear. So much fear, trembling. Their bodies could barely move. Unable to break the connection between Marana and the spirit, Marana continued to walk. The entity's demands began to grow even more sinister. It felt like there was an evil mist about it. As the fog began to grow into the basement floors, it was like the others couldn't even see what was happening, but a shadow began to take over Marana's body. They saw hands growing over and over as her body contoured in unnatural ways. There was a chant of incarnations of strengths that gripped to her. 
bringing her down to the basement. The girls attempted to scream, but nothing was coming out. It became evident that it sought to cross over into the realm of death. The spirit decided to take the living, the Ouija board. The spirit came out of the board to break free of some type of prison it was holding itself in. As minutes stretched into hours, the friends were paralyzed and hopeless, completely powerless of to what was happening to Marana, moving back and forth her back, hunched over, aching, head, whichever way the spirit thought to taunt it. The spirit's control took her over her absolute. It was haunting. It was chanting. Her body's was filled by captivity of the entity in hopes to understanding what the demands were of the death that the spirit had taken whole. The friends sat hand on the door knob, remained silent in shock, knowing they were next. The suffocating of darkness of the basement. They knew they had ventured into a realm beyond their comprehension, where they thought an innocent game of a Ouija board and good old-fashioned fun would leave them with some high, spooky times, left them in an energy of frightening fear, where the line between the living and the dead became a blur. The evil spirit or entity had taken control of Marana, leaving them anonymous with choice, and the sense of dread haunted them. All of a sudden, Marana's body, deep down in the corner of the basement, almost seemed to disintegrate into dark black fog. The girls were speechless. They looked at each other, no words could come out their mouth. Then Melissa turned the doorknob and it opened. The three got up, ran out of the basement. As they got there, past the basement steps, there she was, Marana, pale, like she just walked through hell and back. Her hair, no longer beautiful, her Halloween outfit, torn and manipulated. That is the last time anyone has seen Marana. The three girls went missing that night. 
while there is speculation of what really happened. Sarah's father awoken to a note of the girls leaving. The note read, Dad, you were asleep. I grabbed the keys. I'll be home by curfew. The Ouija board was gone. His heart sunk. As the detectives began to look for the three and four girls, one thing was quite eerie about the whole search and rescue. One, Marana's family didn't really look for her. Not like the others. They seemed almost docile to what happened. People of the town believe it's because the father owed, as one might say, the piper. And he knew at some time they were coming to collect. He was in an energy that was very dark, satanic, and evil. He often asked evilness from his employees. Marana's dad was a bit overzealous in the areas of satanic and evil energy. Someone that rich couldn't be all love and light. As the detectives began their investigation, it was quite apparent that these girls would never be found. The only thing that they found in Melissa's basement was an old beat-up Ouija board. Guilt shattered the family of Sarah, for the father knew something happened because of the board he brought home. A few weeks later, after looking for his daughter over and over, he took his last drink, which some say was a little bit too much whiskey, and decided to get behind the wheel. Unfortunately, that night he crashed and his life was taken. For Melissa, her family grew in fright, knowing that something happened. Optimistic, they continued their search for years and years and years. Lucy's family received a healthy, healthy, hefty settlement from Marana's family. Well, it wasn't necessarily a settlement. Some might say it was hush money because they knew that Lucy knew Marana's deepest, darkest family secrets and they were worried that she may have spilled some over to the parents before her mysterious vanishing. This is quite a particular story of how the paranormal and activities of the spirits should be left alone. While it's not proven that the Ouija board 
was the last entity to have taken the girls. It is only believed that you should let the spirits rest and allow them their due diligence of peace. Happy Halloween, my friends.